Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, who forgives all our sin, whose mercy endures forever. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us. who is rich in mercy, loved us even when we were dead to sin, and made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. Rejoice in this good news.
grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us pray. Benevolent God, you are the source, the guide, and the goal of our lives. Teach us to love what is worth loving, to reject what is offensive to you, and to treasure what is precious in your sight. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. reading from Hosea. When Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. The more I called them, the more they went from me, and they kept sacrificing to the Baals and offering incense to idols. Yet it was I who taught Ephraim to walk took them up in my arms, but they did not know that I healed them. I led them with cords of human kindness, with bands of love. I was to them like those who lift infants to their cheeks. I bent down to them and fed them. They shall return to the land of Egypt, and Assyria shall be their monarch, because they refused to return to me. The sword rages in their cities. It consumes their oracle priests and devours because of their schemes. My people are bent on turning away from me. To the Most High they call, but the Most High does not raise them up at all. How can I give you up, Ephraim? How can I hand you over, O Israel? How can I make you like Adma? How can I treat you like Zeboim? My heart recoils within me, and my compassion grows warm and tender. I will not execute my fierce anger. I will not again destroy Ephraim, for I am God and no mortal the Holy One in your midst, and I will not come in wrath. They shall go after the Lord, who roars like a lion. When the Lord roars, the children of the Lord shall come trembling from the west. They shall come trembling like birds from Egypt and like doves from the land of Assyria and I will bring them to their homes, says the Lord. Word of God, word of life.
reading from Colossians. So if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever in you that is earthly, fornication, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming on those who are disobedient. These are the ways you want, you also once followed when you were living that life. But now you must get rid of all such things, anger, wrath, malice, slander, abusive language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have stripped off the old self with its practices and have clothed yourselves with the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge according to the image of its creator. In that renewal, there is no longer Greek and Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free, but Christ is all and in all. Word of God, word of life. The Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory, Glory to you, O Lord. Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But Jesus said to him, Friend, who set me to be a judge or arbitrator over you? And Jesus said to them, Take care. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Then Jesus told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly. And he thought to himself, what should I do? For I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and goods, and I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life is being demanded of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but not, are, but not are rich toward God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ.
Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God. Amen. We have a stuff crisis. From the reality TV show Hoarders to the storage industry that stores all our extra stuff to Amazon Prime that delivers any stuff you need right to your door, sometimes the same day, to Marie Kondo, the organizational guru who helps people transform their stuff and transform their homes into places of serenity. There's a lot of good stuff in our readings today. The rich man in the gospel, the rich farmer, is consumed with stuff and securing a confident future. But we can raise a lot of questions from this gospel, the first one being, so what's so wrong with saving for retirement? We hear that most Americans are vastly unprepared for the future and can only live paycheck to paycheck. Well, stuff can be a pretty serious topic, and so I want to lighten things up at the beginning before we go heavier. The late comedian George Carlin was known for his profanity, but also for his powerful social satire. And I love his take on stuff. You got your stuff with you? I'll bet you do. Guys have stuff in their pockets. Some women have stuff in their purses. You gotta take care of your stuff. That's what life is all about, trying to find a place for your stuff. That's all your house is really, a place to keep your stuff. If you didn't have so much stuff, you wouldn't need a house. You could just walk around all the time. <laughs> That's all your house is, a pile of stuff with a cover on it, really. <laughs> now, sometimes you need to go on vacation, so you gotta bring some of your stuff with you. You can't take all your stuff, just the stuff you really like. The stuff that fits good for one month. You gotta take a smaller version of your stuff with you. Say you're going to Honolulu for two weeks. You gotta take two big bags of stuff. You gotta put your stuff away and you know that you're a long way from home and you don't quite feel 100% at home you know you must be okay because you have some of your stuff with you. <laughs> Here's what I've been thinking about, though, the past week. It's not only the stuff that takes up space in our homes, but it takes up space inside. And more than that, there's all the information we take in, everything that we read online, everything we find out by social media, there's the 24-7 news cycle, and there's so much stuff in our heads. And today, some of that stuff is the shock or grief, the helplessness, the anger we feel at two mass shootings, and the hate that fills us. What is our worth as human beings? We talk about someone's net worth, but it's all numbers. Money, investments, real estate, does this stuff give us our value, our worth? Does this make life worthwhile? It's like the cartoon where a little boy is watching TV, that must be a couple decades ago, and says, I want one of those and that. The next frame is, I want that and that and that. The mother then says in the third frame, no more TV today. You can see the little boy just staring at the blank screen and finally says, but how am I going to know what I want? When Jesus comes down so hard on the rich farmer, it's not simply that he's wealthy or that he's saving for the future, but that he's self-absorbed. And you can hear it in his little monologue. How often do we have a monologue in the Bible like this? 
the word I or me repeated over and over. Listen again, what should I do? For I have no place to store my crops. I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. Lord knows we live in a self-absorbed age. I certainly know that in myself. We commonly say prayers now and then, maybe a prayer before a meal once in a while. Yet most of the time we consume and consume with little awareness or gratitude to the giver of all good things, with little acknowledgement of the workers who help grow our food or bring us other resources, with little concern for the ravaged earth, for creatures becoming extinct, and for the poorest of our siblings, often the ones who suffer the most even in these acts of violence. Usually for most of, us, it's, most of us, it's all about me, my portfolio, my savings, my quality of life, my future. But here's another thing I struggle with in this text. Christianity is a materialistic religion. You see, we value the stuff of creation, the stuff of bodies, the stuff of earth. And many of our possessions actually hold deep memories and connections. They're not all bad. Our Sunday morning gathering today and every Lord's Day is a unique place to reflect not on the extraneous stuff in our lives, but the stuff of life, what makes life worth living. We need each other. We need these texts. We need this meal to remind us of generosity and gratitude. Here we come to learn a different message, to renew a commitment beyond ourselves to the common good, the health of the earth, the flourishing of all people, not just those in our country, those in our race, those in our political party, those in our tribe. What we learn here goes so much against the myth of entitlement that just seeps everywhere. What if our lives were demanded of us this night? Sweet mortality, our bodies, the earth, the ecosystem, all so fragile. Yet if you're like me, we cling to non-essentials. We worry what people think of us, our reputation, how we look, how much money we make. It can seem nearly impossible to go against the grain and not define ourselves in these ways. Jesus warns about being rich in possessions, but not rich toward God. But hey, that sounds awful spiritual. What does that even mean? Be rich toward God. You know, I'm not sure. Maybe just struggling with that is enough for today and the days to come. So if we turn to Colossians, we're advised to put to death greed, which the author calls idolatry. But what if we turn to Hosea, a reading we barely know anything about? As you know, last week was Vicar Noah's final Sunday. He had a lot to say in his sermon. And before church, he apologized to me that he wasn't going to deal with the Hosea reading and its troubling opening line, go marry a prostitute. Or as usually translated, Go take for yourself a wife of whoredom. What? <laughs> Weird stuff. Actually, Hosea is about the Israelites going after marrying, really, other gods, idols. Oh, that's not us, you say. We don't worship strange gods. Oh, really? Have you ever looked at all of us and our addictions? The gods of money? 
the God of possessions, substances, the iPhones that some of us sleep with, the God of lore, the God of excess, the God of consumption without regard for the land and the environment. As many theologians say, whatever is most important to you is your small g, God. The good news for today, though, and we need some with our world and with all that has come before, the good news is surprisingly in Hosea as well. One scholar called today's passage the strongest message of grace in the entire Hebrew scriptures. Oh, my people, God says to the Israelites, Oh, my people, God says to you, despite your unfaithfulness, I take you in my arms. I lead you with kindness, with bands of love. I bend over and feed you. How can I hand you over? I will not execute my anger, God says. My compassion grows warm and tender. Dear people of God, each Lord's Day, we gather around the stuff of creation, water, bread, wine, oil, human bodies, gifts of God for the people of God, and we hear good news. You are of great worth. You are of great worth. God's mercy and God's forgiveness are for you and all people. Good stuff. And that is what makes you rich. Amen.
rooted in Christ and rising to serve, let us pray for the church, the world, and all in need. Work through our church, faithful one, to restore justice and mercy, and send rest and comfort to all who are bowed down. God, in your mercy. Give growth to the fields, strength to farmers, ranchers, and laborers who toil in summer's heat. Loving one, and grant to us wisdom to respect earth's bounty. God, in your mercy. Your world reflects your image in billions of unique ways, Sovereign One. Touch every life, low and high, rich and poor, and draw every heart toward your merciful love. God, in your mercy. We pray, praise you, and pray for your almighty help, compassionate one. Comfort those who suffer from anxiety, depression, or stress. Provide all in need, especially those grieving the mass shootings in El Paso and Dayton, and those we name aloud or in our hearts. God, in your mercy. We remember Blessed Mary, Dominic, Lawrence, and all your saints who have died, and now rest in your care, merciful one. Gather us with them at your heavenly banquet. God, in your mercy. We lift our prayers to you, O God, trusting your promise to hear us through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The peace of Christ be with you always. What a joy and delight to gather with you, the people of God, on this beautiful Lord's Day in Chicago, and a welcome to all. If it is your first time at Holy Trinity, we particularly welcome you. We're an ever-changing community as people move in and out of this community, and we love new people that join us or join our neighborhood. However cluttered your home or your soul, you are welcome this morning, and we know we all have clutter somewhere. But in addition to that, whatever the color of your skin, whoever you love and marry, your gender identity, how you're feeling about God these days and the world and politics and so many things that weigh people down, however you vote, uh, however you look at the world, however we divide ourselves out these doors, we are one in God's mercy and in God's forgiveness as we gather this morning. So welcome. If you are new to our community, there are yellow slips in the pew rack we do not pass the offering plate because so many people either don't carry cash or give online these days, but there is an offering basket here. If you mark the envelope in your pew for Holy Trinity, it will go to our ministry. Otherwise, loose offering will support Refugee One, a very important ministry of our congregation and even more important with the things going on in our country these days. During the summer, our social time is in the garden. There's more space to move and mingle and meet new people. Uh, and we are so thankful that last week, uh, one of our members, Kevin, made a wonderful cake for Noah, and there's some left for today. And we hope that you'll enjoy that outside. And let me tell you, the frosting is great, because that's what I like. You can give me your frosting if you don't want it. If you'll turn with me to page 11, just a few announcements. We have a very strong anti-racism team, which again is growing more important in our day and time, and they are meeting today to discuss a book called Dear Church, a love letter from a black preacher to the whitest denomination in the US. And they'll also be going over some other things. Even if you haven't read the book, if you'd like to be involved and find out more, please join them through this exit. Well, first get some cake outside, and then someone will point you the way, but the St. Mark room is pretty much through these doors and up the stairs. 
Next week at 8 a.m., we'll have a half-hour service in our garden, so please make, take note of that, and you'll notice the other um, announcements on the other pages as well. Today's gospel reminded me of the rich farmer also to be thinking about the land and the earth, so some of our hymns reflect that, including this next one, Touch the Earth Lightly. Please stand. Blessed are you, strong and faithful God. In the beginning, your word summoned light. Night withdrew and creation dawned. When the times at last had ripened and the earth grown full in abundance, you created us in your image, the stewards of all creation. You gave us breath and speech that all the living might find a voice to sing your praise and celebrate the creation you call good. So now, with all the powers of heaven and earth, we sing the ageless hymn of your glory. God, when sin had scarred the world, 
you entered into covenant to renew the whole creation. As a mother tenderly gathers her children, and as a father joyfully welcomes his own, you embraced a people as your own and filled them with a longing for a peace that would last and for a justice that would never fail. Blessed be God forever. Blessed be God forever. Through countless generations, your people hungered for the bread of freedom. From them you raised up Jesus, the living bread, in whom ancient hungers were satisfied. He healed the sick, though he himself would suffer. He offered life to sinners, though death would hunt him down, but with a love stronger than death. He opened wide his arms and surrendered his spirit. On the night before he met his death, Jesus came to the table with those he loved. He took bread and praised you, the God of all creation. He broke the bread among his disciples and said, take this all of you and eat it. This is my body given for you. When the supper was ended, he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to you, the God of all creation. He passed the cup among his disciples and said, take this all of you and drink from it. This is the cup of the new covenant sealed in my blood for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Gracious God, as we offer you our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving, we proclaim the mystery of faith. your Holy Spirit move in power over us and over these earthly gifts of bread and wine, that they may be the communion of the body and blood of Christ, and that we may become one in him. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. May his coming in glory find us ever watchful in prayer, strong in truth and love, and faithful to the breaking of bread. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Then at last, all peoples will be free, all divisions healed. And with your whole creation, we will sing your praise through your Son, Jesus Christ, through whom, with whom, and in whom all glory and honor are yours, almighty God, both now and forever. into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done,
gifts of God for the people of God. Taste and see that the Lord is good.
Let us pray. Holy God, we give you thanks that you are as far away as the distant stars and as close as our breath. You meet us at this table and we discover our hearts burning within us. Go with us as we leave this place so that your light and your life may shine brightly for all to see. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you in your going out and in your coming in from this time forth forevermore. Amen. God has shown you what is good. What does the Lord require of you? To do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. <laughs> 